well, well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sports Ball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? All the special, all the episode. All the time. It's uh, Geek Pride Day. Ooh. Oh, really? Oh, really? It's, I do that every day, man. <laughs> I have Geek Pride every day. I mean, we do this day on podcast. That's Geek Pride in itself. So I think today's holiday honors our podcast. It's uh, Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Uh, we'll start with our scoreboard stumper. We'll um, do our flex seal of the week. We've got Rack four, five, five Rack. notable jabronis. <laughs> Um, we'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Jim Abbott. We will get our scoreboard stumper answer. We will go to church. We've got two shampoos, and we'll send you on your merry little way. So, without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right. Nikola Jokic just became the all-time leader in playoff triple doubles. I want to know. Who's the all-time leader in playoff double-doubles? Is it Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, or Shaq? Man, that is tough. I told you it was a tough stumper today. Tough. (laughs) I'm trying to think of who played in the most, but they all played in so many. Right. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Shaq. All I'm right. going to go with Shaq because Shaq's my guy. So even if I'm wrong, at least I'm going with the big homie. All right. moving. We'll get that answer after uh, our uh, Jim Abbott induction. Moving on to Flex Seal of the Week. Hi, Phil Swift here for Flex Tape, the super strong waterproof tape that can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of its organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is Antonio Brown. Yeah. The Albany Empire. Um, he's suiting up for the Arena League team that he co-owns. Mm-hmm. They are currently 1-4, and four, and he wants to come put on pads and a helmet and stop the bleeding. Yep. So... <laughs> Get ready, everybody. (laughs) Tony Brown coming to the Arena League on Saturday. What kind of stats he's going to put up? I wonder. I mean, the way it sounds like if he plays (laughs) half to his NFL ability, he will be by far the greatest player in Arena League history. (laughs) At least in Albany's history. (laughs) (laughs) They're one of four, so it's got to be an improvement. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Congrats to you, Antonio Brown. I know that was a tough signing for you to make. <laughs> it's like a jabroni version of Michael Jordan playing for the team that he owns. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say, too, he I guess last week he was campaigning for Cam Newton to give up on the NFL and come join him with the Albany Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Slip down into the abyss with me, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> the Albany abyss. All right, uh, moving on to notable jabronis. Uh, True Scotty fashion, we'll jabronize an entire organization to start things off. Uh, We'll start with the L.A. Dodgers just absolutely, brutally fucking up 
Pride Night. <laughs> yeah. So the Dodgers initially disinvited a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Let's, let's talk. Wait, say that again. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a group of, you know, honestly, mostly like men, but like uh, now they a bunch of different people who wear um, like nun outfits to baseball games. But mostly they do work in the LGBT community and they help raise like the the wrong hood of bigotry throughout any kind of systemic organization. So the Dodgers cave to bullshit right-wing pride um, and disinvited them. So LA pride who runs the event also told the Dodgers that they're out. And then the Dodgers reneged and we're like, all right, everybody's welcome back. That was stupid. And we're like, yeah, it is stupid. Yeah, the Dodgers <laughs> fucked around and found out. Yeah. <laughs> like you were about to really F up if you lost LA pride, man. Like, you're L.A. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to discriminate on Pride Night? Yeah, that's Florida. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, we're done with you, L.A. Dodgers. Come on. For now. Uh, <laughs> next notable jabroni, a mainstay here on the show, uh, Urban Meyer. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, uh, I guess he was recently exposed uh, making comments about his former quarterback, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. who, yes, before he was with LSU and dominated, was an Ohio State backup quarterback. Uh, he called Burrow a Division II quarterback at best. Lols. <laughs> uh, an NCAA Division II quarterback at best. And, wow, that is just blown up in his face this week when that all came out. Maybe he tried to, like, run Joe Burrow over with his golf cart, and that's how Burrow got better. I don't know. Or maybe he thinks Division Two is, like, a higher league than Division One. <laughs> I don't know. You never know with Urban Myers. Too, too, too busy grabbing some lady's ass. He's like, I was saying he was good. <laughs> I'm saying he should play in a higher division. Okay. Uh, Urban Meyer, we're done with you. Your Division Two brain. Um, next notable jabroni, Amani Bledsoe. Uh, Free agent defensive end. Uh, it was a rookie last year, suspended six games for performance-enhancing drugs last year, and um, now recently suspended all 17 regular season games of what would be his sophomore season in the NFL. But because of his uh, malfeasance last year, he's actually a free agent, uh, does not play for anybody, and even if he gets signed by someone, he won't play a single game this year. I'll see you in the XFL, buddy. Jeez. Yeah, come on. Like, you, you didn't learn once after the six, and now you're just going to go ahead and double down. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that whole season. Let's get better. Give Ronnie me some steroids. <laughs> Ronnie Bledsoe, coming to an XFL team near you. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to our fourth notable jabroni, Glenn Kuyper, <laughs> athletic. Yeah, Oakland, currently Oakland, athletics broadcaster. Um, he was fired for dropping an end bomb on national TV. Yes. You should look that one up. It's pretty blatant. Yeah, we're not going to discuss it, but there was, there was a hard R there. <laughs> um, like, he was discussing the Negro Leagues and the Negro League museums, and it just, like, straight up, dude. I mean... He did not say Negro. Like, luckily, <laughs> Nick Castellanos wasn't hitting a home run in the background when he said it. <laughs> Glenn Kuyper, we and uh, Major League Baseball are both done with you. Bye. And our fifth notable jabroni, also a Glenn, NFL scout, Glenn Schembechler, son of uh, former Michigan head coach Bo Schembechler, recently apologized because he made event- offensive posts on social media. 
yeah. um, regarding Jim Crow. And yeah, go ahead and take it away. He was entering the best and worst of sports Twitter zone. Definitely the worst <laughs> of sports Twitter. Uh, he was suggesting on on Twitter that um, slavery and Jim Crow had a positive effect of strengthening black individuals and families. How um, wouldn't he know? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this mofo from Michigan. Um, yeah, clearly he stepped down, and hopefully no one ever hires him again. <laughs> All right. Back-to-back lens, back-to-back racists. We're done with you. What is with Glenn and being a racist? I don't yeah. know, Glenn. I think that's like the, the takeaway here. <laughs> Glenn's, watch your mouth. <laughs> All right, moving on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Jim Abbott. James Anthony Abbott was born September 19, 1967 in Flint, Michigan to Mike and Kathy Abbott. Jim was born with a deformed right arm that extended to the wrist, but without a right hand. Otherwise, he grew to be a 6'3", 200-pound model male athlete. Mike and Kathy attempted to push Jim towards soccer, but all the kids were playing baseball and football, so he taught himself to pitch, throwing with his left, while the mitt of his fielder's glove rested on the end of his stubbed right wrist. At age 11, Jim threw a no-hitter in his first Little League game he ever pitched. Abbott was a standout pitcher at Flint Central High School, posting a .76 ERA in his senior year wow. and averaging two-plus strikeouts per inning. Jeez. The Toronto Blue Jays drafted Jim in the last round of the 1985 MLB draft, but he turned down the $50,000 signing bonus and chose to attend the University of Michigan. Nice. Abbott had doubters about his ability to play college baseball, and so did he, but they were dispelled when he posted six wins and two losses in his freshman season and was voted the 1986 Most Courageous Athlete by the Philadelphia Sports Writers. In 87, Jim had an 11-3 record, leading the Wolverines to first place in the Big Ten division, and he threw a shutout in the NCAA tournament. Jim was then selected to represent Team USA, and on their warm-up tour, he pitched a three-hit complete game victory over Team Cuba. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Jim carried the flag for the U.S. delegation at the Pan Am Games and served up two wins without giving up a run as they captured the silver medal. For 1987, Jim won both the James E. Sullivan Award for for Best Amateur Athlete in the Country, and he beat out Jack McDowell, Robin Ventura, and Ken Griffey Jr. for the Golden Spikes Award given to the top amateur baseball player. Oof. Wow. Damn, right. Yeah, right. A pitcher? (laughs) Jim recorded another stellar season at Michigan en route to winning the Big Ten Athlete of the Year Award, the first baseball player to ever win it. Abbott then pitched for the U.S. Olympic team in the 1988 game in Seoul, South Korea. Baseball was a demonstration sport at the 88 games, but Abbott's complete game effort in a 5-3 win over Team Japan for the unofficial gold medal remains as the biggest thrill in his career. Abbott then decided to forgo his senior year of eligibility and go pro. The California Angels drafted Jim with the eighth overall pick in the 1988 MLB draft, and again, skeptics came out of the woodwork. After his first spring training start, Abbott patiently explained his pitching and fielding motions. Quote, I've been doing this since I was five years old. Now it's as natural as tying my shoes, he told reporters, leaving the reporters to imagine the complexity of tying their shoes with one hand. (laughs) 
Jim won a spot in the starting rotation without playing a single minor league game and posted 12 wins and 12 losses and 29 starts with a 3.92 ERA. Solid. Very solid. His 12 wins were the most by a pitcher in their rookie season since 1924, and he finished fifth in AL Rookie of the Year voting. Jim suffered a sophomore slump, struggling with a 4.51 ERA while winning just 10 games and allowing the most hits in the league. Abbott rebounded for the 1991 season, finishing with 18 wins and 11 losses, posting a 2.89 ERA over 243 innings pitched. Damn. The 23-year-old finished third in Cy Young voting, while Roger Clemens won his third trophy. Before going further, it should be mentioned that the Angels of the early 90s didn't cross the plate and put runs on the board very often, giving their pitchers little to no run support. That being said, Jim's seven-win, 15-loss record for the 92 season <laughs> looks bad on paper, but his sparkling 2.77 ERA says otherwise. At no fault of his own, Abbott was traded to the New York Yankees before the 93 season for J.T. Snow, <laughs> Russ Springer, and Jerry Nielsen. That's a great trade. Yeah. Imagine that. 7-15, and 15, but you had a 277 ERA. <laughs> J.T. Snow might be a future inductee, Maybe. Too. That'd be fun. <laughs> Jim was up and down for the Yankees, winning 11 games and notching 14 losses. But on September 4th, 1993, he pitched a no-hitter against the then Cleveland Indians. Abbott's second season in the Abbott's second season in New York started horribly due to a George Steinbrenner outburst. The boss blamed Abbott's charity work and frequent visits to disabled children for his mediocre first season in pinstripes. The 94 season ended in August due to the player strike, making Jim a free agent. The Chicago White Sox signed Abbott in the offseason. And he was six and four that and then he was six and four and then midway through the ninety five season, he was traded back to the California Angels. <laughs> the Angels made a playoff push but lost a one game playoff to the Seattle Mariners. Jim re signed with the Angels for the nineteen ninety six season, but he had a Dismal year, winning just two games and suffering a league leading 18 losses with a 748 ERA. Wow. Run support was not the issue this time. <laughs> the Angels released him before opening day of the 1997 season and he retired. I love how he, Abbott threw a no hitter in his first year with the Yankees and George Steinbrenner's like, he sucks because he's visiting disabled children too much. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah, you're like, you're, you're such a douche. You're like literally making me like have to defend charity work. Like, go home, George. You're drunk. <laughs> God. Jim attempted to mount a comeback with the White Sox in 98, starting five games and winning in all five. And he planned to carry the momentum over the Milwaukee Brewers in the 1999 season. Jim pitched ineffectively, and it was the first time he had pitched in the National League, forcing him to bat one-handed. He recorded two hits and 21 at-bats with two RBIs, <laughs> nice. but his pitching had truly fallen off. Jim officially retired after the 99 season, finishing his career with 87 wins, 108 losses, a 4.25 ERA, and 888 strikeouts. Abbott's statistics are overshadowed by the impact he left on the game and the hope he gave to countless others with disabilities. Jim once estimated that he had at least one scheduled meeting with a disabled child during every road series of his career. As Abbott put it himself, quote, My experiences added up make me feel like I've had a Hall of Fame career. Well, James Abbott, Cooperstown or not, you are a Hall of Famer in our hearts and the hearts of many, and for that, you are a legend. Absolutely. Truly a legend. 
So when I was writing this, I screwed up and I, yeah, like I, I put in the fact that he won the, like the 1986 um, award for like courageousness from the Philadelphia sports writers. Guess what the name of that award is? <laughs> Former Legends of Sports Bowl Hall of Fame inductee, the Babe Diedrichs- Babe Diedrichson Zaharias Courage Award. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback. Woohoo. <laughs> if you didn't hear our Babe Diedrichson episode, listen to it. It's Absolutely. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. One She's of the one best of my favorites. Ever. Yeah. Oh no, Jim's got tons of he's got tons of footnotes. Definitely like Jim Abbott was in an episode of Boy Meets World. There's all kinds of footnotes, man. I don't like want to sit here and talk about that all day. There's a whole episode to do. Yeah, he was he was truly a legend. Yeah, like really. <laughs> One hand, it was it was a marvel to watch growing up. You're just like, wow, how how does this guy do it? You well, know? yeah, um, there was a there was a time in college. Actually, hello, hilarious footy. There was a time in college where uh, the coach said uh, he wanted all eight of his first batters to try to bunt on him. So the first guy bunted on him, and then Jim um, continued to retire the next seven in a row. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, good luck with that. All right, let's uh, move on, I guess. Uh, Hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right. I want to know who's the all-time leader in double-doubles in NBA playoff history. Is it Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, or the Shaqtis, Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal? It's definitely a guess, and I went with Shaq. It is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. You mentioned about how, like, you're like, well, they played in so many games. Okay. Tim Duncan played in 251 career playoff games. He has 164. That's more than three full NBA seasons yep. of playoff games. Magic Johnson played in 190. Yeah. And Shaqtis played in 216. Yeah, but then some of that was with the Heat, right? So like, the Heat or, or even the Suns. So his, son, his numbers weren't going to be as good in that point of his career. Right. So Duncan had 164, Magic had 157, and Shaq had 142. Damn. But here's the thing. I said Tim Duncan's played in 251 career playoff games. LeBron James has played in 276 career playoff games and only has 135 double-doubles. Hubbard. Suck it. I was going to say, when you didn't mention LeBron as one of the potential people to have the most double-doubles, I was like, oh, I feel I feel a burn coming on. Yeah, there was the burn. I think LeBron has the most starts in playoff career, like playoff history. LeBron recently knocked out of the playoffs. Go make another Space Jam and leave us alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, moving on to church. Thoughts and prayers to Le'Veon Bell. He's in peace, bro. He's about to get his ass beat in a boxing match with (laughs) Legends of Sportsball Hall of Fame linebacker Vontez Perfect. Yeah, the all-jabroni team, all-time jabroni (laughs) team. (laughs) No, yeah, Le'Veon Bell recently, like, you know, brought up the whole, like, Antonio Brown hit with Vontez and then turned it into, like, that guy should fight me. He should reach out to my people. We should fight. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Whatever brain cells Le'Veon Bell has left from smoking weed. About to get knocked out of his head. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got a couple shampoos here. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with Carmelo Anthony, who just announced his retirement from the NBA. Shampoo. 
Yeah, congrats, Mello, on your 19-year career. Uh, over 28,000 career points. Um, came out, came in the league when you were like, what, 19? Yeah. 18, 19, out of Syracuse. Yeah, he only played his freshman year, if I recall. Yeah. Um, well, T's and P's to you, bro. <laughs> Hats off <laughs> to you. Shampoo. Hats off to your 60,000 points and your five career assists and five <laughs> career rebounds. <laughs> Two career steals. Yeah, two and a half. <laughs> Team steal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are we going to jabbernize somebody in shampoo? Sorry, <laughs> Sorry hello. Shampoo, man. <laughs> All right. Our second shampoo goes to Kenley Jansen. Shampoo. Kenley Jansen, Red Sox relief pitcher. He got his 400th career save and was gifted a custom bass guitar to commemorate the fair. Apparently, he's a big musician, big bass player. Love slapping the bass. And they uh, presented him with this uh, cool custom bass guitar. It's slick, too. Yeah, check it out. I mean, it's gnarly. It looks like a Victor Wooten bass or something. Yeah, it looks nice. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he's happy with it. Uh, Kenley's, I mean, yeah, 400 career saves, pretty big. Yeah, that's impressive. So, congrats, man. Shampoos. Shampoos. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Boomer Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, <laughs> to join the conversation at Revels in Sport in real time. Tune in. Thursday, June 15th, as we induct Ronnie Cycli. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you. Always. <laughs>